Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hi, Justin Chang. Hi, it's Randy, Randy Nelson. Nelson. <laughs> it's me. How are, how are you doing, sir? Uh, pretty good. I've been really busy at work, uh, yeah. but I managed to carve out an hour to watch this Star Trek Discovery episode we're going to talk about. I- yeah, I, I would say it's pretty much the most important thing. Um, I think it ranks above eating, right? And yes. sleeping. Yep, definitely. So it's pretty much what? Work? Okay. So you, Because you need a way to pay for your CBS All Access. Exactly. And then it goes uh, Star Trek Discovery. And uh-huh. then somewhere down below, in a distant third, is probably eating, maybe? I don't know. Mm, it, for probably me, sleeping and then eating. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then... Everything else is just unclassified. Yeah, exactly. But definitely, definitely uh, Star Trek Discovery is way, way up there. Of so, course. Yeah. Uh, I, too, you know, managed to, to carve out the time. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about, as always, uh, this week's new episode. Yeah. Um, we've talked about it somewhat before. But, uh, yeah, Star Trek Discovery has been really good this season. Mm-hmm. And, and that all changes tonight. No, just kidding. <laughs> it could. I don't know. It could. We we yeah. We have to see how we uh, how we come down on this one. Uh, we're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery season two, episode six, "The Sound of Thunder." Mm-hmm. Original air date February twenty first, twenty nineteen. Uh, the episode begins with a montage of different areas of the ship, starting with Saru's quarters, and cuts to Tilly and Michael examining the information from the ancient sphere. And then finally cutting to sick bay, uh, wherein Saru chats with Culber, and then Saru gets the lowdown on his condition, uh, on his own condition from Doctor Pollard. Uh, mm-hmm. And it turns out that uh, Saru's fear responses are being repressed thanks to mm-hmm. his uh, his little uh, adventures last episode. Yeah, he's he's lost his ganglia. Yeah, I think those are ganglia. Anyways, the gross things fell out. <laughs> Uh, elsewhere on Discovery, Michael, Tyler, and Captain Pike are having a meeting about the Red Angel. Uh, suddenly, Saru calls Pike to the bridge because a new signal has appeared near Kaminar, Saru's homeworld. It's almost like the Red Angel heard them talking yeah. and decided to show show up. Uh, then so in credits, uh, when the episode comes back, uh, Michael, Saru, Tyler, and Pike have an exposition-filled meeting about Kaminar. And first contact with the Ba'ul. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're told that Saru was the one who initiated first contact, as seen in mm-hmm. the Short Treks episode, The Brightest Star. Yeah, it actually paid to watch that episode. I wonder if the other ones will pay off as much. Mm, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Ba'ul are isolationists and are hostile to the Federation, uh, but Pike still wants to contact them about the Red Angel, uh, or the Red Signal, anyway. The Ba'ul respond to the hail by examining Discovery's weapons. They don't actually respond saying, hey, what's up? They're just like, hey, what's what kind of weapons do you guys got? <laughs> Saru suggests that Discovery will get better intel by talking to the Kelpian village priests. Mm-hmm. Uh, How are you going to do that when they don't have any technology, right? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Pike wants to send only Michael, but Saru gets in Pike's face saying that he should go. Uh, right. Saru's definitely gone through some changes. 
Right, right. And I, I, I noted that the bridge crew was just very much, you know, everyone looked really shocked. And they just kept cutting to all the different members of the bridge crew. Like, oh, Saru, Saru, what's going on? It's like, calm down, calm like down, yourself. man. Calm down. And then I think um, eventually uh, Michael has to kind of step between them, right? Yeah, yeah. Michael convinces Pike to let Saru go with her. Mm-hmm. Despite Pike's concerns that Saru will tell the Kelpians the truth about the Varai, Var, how do you say it? Vaharai? Vaharai, yes. Yeah, yeah lots of, lots of uh, tongue twisting words here. Yeah. Uh, uh, with, with the Kelpians. Uh, we'll tell the truth about the Varai, Vaharai and spark a conflict with the Baul. Mm hmm. No, never going to happen. Uh,. In sick bay, Pollard tells Culber that his brain scans are identical to his previous self, but his body is, quote, pristine. Uh, for example, he no longer has the scar on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like a base model Culber. Yeah. He's been regenerated from DNA, not from a transporter signal. Yeah, so he feels weird in his own body. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael and Saru beam down to Kaminar, and... Uh, Saru tells her about the day-to-day life of the Kelpian people. Mm-hmm. A Baul, quote, watchful eye keeps tabs on them, one of their pylons, mm-hmm. which we saw in that short tricks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's basically the same set, right? Yeah. <laughs> With the upside-down Egyptian obelisk covering there. Mm-hmm. It's not Stargate, folks. No. Nope. It's not Stargate. It's something very different. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, and Kaminar is not Camino, the clone planet from Star Wars. No, no, this is not not a, a hodgepodge, a different st- sci-fi series. <laughs> uh, later, Saru reunites with the sister Serana. Uh, Serana mm-hmm. thought that Saru had been punished by the Watchful Eye and had been killed, and Serana is angry that Saru did not come back for her, uh, right. but to find the Red Angel. Right. I mean, basically, a couple of things that we talked about when we watched. Uh, the brightest star uh that basically he just left <laughs> he didn't tell his family where he was going or anything yeah he's just like i'm out of here i'm out bye uh suddenly the baul show up so michael and saru beam back to discovery uh on the bridge of discovery uh the baul contact discovery via audio uh not on the view screen mm-hmm. or not a hologram either mm-hmm. uh they're not happy that the federation took a kelpian uh, Saru can't help but confront the Baul, which leads to a uh, which leads to a Baul fleet surrounding Discovery and threatening to destroy Saru's village. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pike orders Saru to leave the bridge, which he does, but he does not go to his quarters. Instead, he goes to the transporter room. Right. I, I think maybe he misheard Pike. He's <laughs> like, no, no, Saru, Pike didn't say leave the ship. He said leave the bridge. No, he's like, no, I oh. gotta go. If I were on the bridge and the Baul came over, the comms like that, I would want to leave. They sounded so creepy. Yeah. Uh, Michael shows up to stop him, but she can't, and Saru beams down to Kimnar to surrender himself. Mm-hmm. Michael goes to Tilly and Arium. That's the android woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, right. I always, yeah, always forget her name. Uh, uh, to search the Sphere's archives for any information on Kaminar. Uh, Saru awakens in a bowel structure. It, it looks like a redressed version of the transporter room, to be honest. 
he's actually just gone from uh, the transporter room to the transporter room. The twist is that the Baul are humans from the future. It could be. Oh, sorry, did I spoil it? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, Serana is beamed aboard uh, as well. And uh, Serana says that she did see Saru leave that night, uh, which made her decide to become a priest. Um, some Baul robots show up and chain up Saru. And suddenly a black slime monster appears. <laughs> but not the one that killed Tasha Yar. Right. I was just kind of thinking the same thing. Nope. This is another black slime monster with with red eyes and creepy long hair. Uh, on Discovery, Michael and Tilly figure out that the Baul were originally the prey species to the evolved slash post-Varahai uh, Vaharai uh, Kelpians, which mm-hmm. is why they fear Kelpians like Saru. Mm-hmm. That's the twist. The, the twist is it used to be the opposite. Yeah. I thought and, th- uh, when I was watching it, I thought the twist was going to be that the Baul are Kelpians. Oh, really? Uh, my thought before we got to the twist was that the Kelpians were actually some sort, the evolved Kelpians, that they aren't actually being harvested slash killed when they're taken away. They're actually being taken and the post Vaharai uh, Kelpians who have no fear are actually like used as soldiers or something. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, anyways, I mean, there's a lot of ways this could have gone, and it went with the uh, no. Used to be the reverse. <laughs> uh, in the Baul building, uh, Sorrow uses his newly developed needles, which replaces ganglia, uh, to try <laughs> so to so much creepier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he uses those to try to attack the black slime monster, uh, which turns mm-hmm. out to be a Baul. That's apparently what they look like. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no effect. Uh, the Baul robots appear again to examine Saru and Serana, but Saru breaks free and destroys the robots. He gets all Hulk smash on it, everything. Yeah, we were finding out that that uh, Mr. Saru now has super strength, I guess. And then he starts assembling something from the scrap. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Baul contact Discovery. It's Saru who created a communicator with the robot parts. Uh, Michael, Saru, and Tilly come up with a plan to speed up the uh, Vaharai process for all Kelpians. And I'm like, wait a second. Starfleet's not about doing this. Right. Uh, is this is like far beyond, uh, violating General Order One, right? <laughs> yeah. They're just forcing the evolution of an entire species. Uh huh. Uh, anyway, Pike is worried that history will repeat itself and that the bowel would get wiped out, but Michael convinces him that it would take uh, generations for that to happen and that the bowel and Kelpians will work things out in that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sends the sphere sounds down to Kamnar via the watchful eyes, which initiates the Vaharai process. So the sounds that the ancient sphere was emitting in the last mm-hmm. episode, which caused sorrow to evolve. Uh, mm-hmm. Except this is a super fast track process. Apparently. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the bowel structure that sorrow and Serana are on, uh, are in, uh, surfaces from a lake on Kaminar. Uh, the bowel then activate the watchful eye pylons, wipe out all of the Kelpians. The red angel appears before Saru and shuts down the pylons with an electromagnetic pulse. Right. So great timing. Oh. Why didn't you just jump in in the first place? Red Angel is uh, pretty meddlesome. Uh-huh. 
Uh, on Discovery in the mess hall, Pike hands Saru's report on the Red Angel to Tyler. Uh, they learn that the Red Angel is not supernatural, but is instead someone using advanced technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, Serana visits Discovery, but she decides to stay on uh, Kaminar to broker peace between the Kelpians and the Baul. And after seeing Saru and Serana, Michael decides that she must return to Vulcan. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you, you pointed out there kind of a, a, a major uh, major point in this episode, which was the forced evolution of an entire species. Yes. Uh, at seemingly Michael's behest. Yeah, they're just like, oh, yeah, we got to do this. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And that what that really threw me for a loop. Uh you know, I I could kind of see the argument that they made about, um, you know, General Order 1 and stretching it a little bit because, you know, the uh, Kelpians had been exposed to the Baul technology, which is, I think they said was warp technology. Yes. Um, so they had been exposed to it, so they're aware of it, but they had just not been contacted by anyone off planet before, right. to their knowledge, right? So I think they were trying to find a little bit of a loophole in there. But I don't exactly know. I would hope there would be a little bit of post-discussion in maybe next episode about, hey, wait a second, that whole thing we did with forcing the evolution of the Kelpians without even discussing it with them, um, maybe that was not, you know, something we should normally do? Or, I don't know. It just seemed very sudden. Yes. Kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it, it worked. It was an idea that worked and you could do, but it just, the way it was approached was there was, there was no kind of like Starfleet protocol around it. Nope. They were just like, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, Wait a second. Yeah. And no, there was no addressing of, you know, they, I feel like they could have had at least one line where, you know, Pike said, you know, that goes, you know, goes against the entirety of general order one or you know something right and there being an argument for it but it was just kind of happened so yeah that was unusual um outside of that uh that it was a good episode mm-hmm. outside of that uh yeah i agree you know uh seeing more of saru's backstories saru's home world is always a nice thing mm-hmm. uh i mean we've never seen kelpians before so this is our this show is our introduction to their society. Right. And and I imagine if you hadn't watched the short tracks, it would have been even, you know, maybe even more impactful because uh you wouldn't have, have seen, you know, kind of where they lived or any of that before. Uh but I think it was good, you know, having seen the the short track that we got to, you know, revisit where he grew up and we got to see his sister, we got to learn about the fate of his dad. Um yeah, and uh it was it was good that that they made sure to include a bit from his sister's point of view about you know her being really upset with him right because of the way he you know we discussed it at the time the way he just kind of took off. Mm-hmm. Uh and you know of course she would think you know oh the bowel took him he's dead but when he, all along he'd been you know hanging out at Starfleet. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. the bowel are an interesting alien species mm-hmm. i mean they sound very scary and they look weird yeah they also you know they're they're this 
uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're formless and then they kind of are goo and they take a form or if it was just they were just in the goo and ran raised up and were covered in goo. Yeah. I don't know how it works. It is definitely a very, uh, there's a stark contrast between their form and the technology they've created. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little bit like, oh, the black goop monsters made all this really high-end technology. How? <laughs> <laughs> do they have hands? How do they even touch the technology? It just gets enough all over it? I don't know how this works. But yeah, they they're creepy. Yeah. Um I think, you know, maybe part of that is, you know, a little bit of or at least part of that is is kind of contributing to, you know, the twist of oh, they used to be the prey and the Kelpians were the, you know, the the predators. Oh, uh wow, really? Well, these guys are so creepy. How were they ever the, you know, how were they ever the prey? So maybe the Kelpians are super creepy, <laughs> super uh, intense when they they survive their uh, their I guess puberty or whatever. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, and then the the Red Angel showed Red up Angel. just in the nick of time, almost as if it knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, uh, if, if I may be allowed to air one of my um, patented uh, conspiracy theories here, sure. I'm going to throw out there. My guess for the identity of the Red Angel, I think that the um, the short trek Eclipso uh-huh. is going to come back around and actually be very important. And we're going to find out that the Red Angel is actually the discovery in humanoid form. Okay. <laughs> Remember, because the discovery is trapped out there forever. And develops artificial intelligence. So what's to say if the discovery isn't out there even longer, that it eventually becomes a life form and takes on a humanoid form and uses a spore drive to travel through time and space? Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. Uh, it's a person. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's they it, say it's a person in a suit. Yes, it is a humanoid form, but they don't in know. In a suit. Yeah. Some sort of technological suit, right? Yeah. So, hmm. I mean, I was thinking it was just Michael. Oh, potentially. I, I, I definitely think they're leading it to a reveal of it being someone we know. Yeah. Come, who's come back from the distant future or something. I don't know. Maybe but it's that's Picard. <laughs> that's going to be the backdoor pilot for the Picard series. Yep. Well, I mean, wait a second. They did say that, you know, he's not going to be the Picard we know. And uh, things have changed him. The t- changed timeline changed him. So you never know. <laughs> but uh, it would explain, obviously, why there's such a connection to Spock, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess we'll we'll have to see. I mean, I, I'm guessing there will be, you know, near the end of the season, some sort of giant exposition where they explain why the Red Angel went and s- rescued those people on Earth during World War Three. Yeah, like, just like this random, seemingly random stuff, right? But now we've had Saru connected to the Red Angel, and we've had Spock connected to the Red Angel. And speaking of Spock, it looks like we finally see Spock well, next episode. A, yeah, unless it's a uh, another one they're trying to trying to uh, throw maybe, us off. Maybe that's all we'll see of Spock is just that one scene. <laughs> right, right. And, and it turns out to be like a dream or something. Oh, oh no, no. 
but yeah I, all in all a uh, good episode um i think uh yeah this the season continues to be uh markedly different from season one mm-hmm. um a lot more um you know m- definitely more of uh standalone episodes with a, a thread that ties them together versus uh episodes of a much larger story yeah i'm more interested in the red angel now that they've uncovered some of the secrets of the red angel uh, mm-hmm. saying hey, it's a humanoid using technology to just jump around space and time mm-hmm. um uh what do you think of this new direction for saru though yeah that's it's something that i i'm not really sure how i i sit with it because you know part of him was about I mean, not that I I want a character that is just afraid all all the time. Sure. I think that this almost seems like it's a change that would normally come after a much longer period of time. I don't mean the evolution. I mean the change in the character mm-hmm. w- with something we maybe would have expected to you know come across you know a few seasons from now. <laughs> um, but it's happened so soon after we get to meet the character. Uh, so I I don't know. I'm, I'm not quite sure how I feel about it. How about you? Yeah, I'm conflicted. I liked Saru a lot uh, in season one, mm-hmm. uh, and then now you you talk making the puberty comparison. It feels like he's you know an angsty teenager right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like he's he's okay. I get it, Saru. You you were afraid all the time. Now you're not afraid, and you feel very powerful. But you know, come on, like. They're still your friends, you know. Yeah, he's You're trying still to a fight Starfleet officer. He's trying to fight Pike and stuff. And mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. I mean, you put yourself in his his very unusual shoes, uh, <laughs> and you'd probably you know have a little bit of uh, you know like, oh, I feel so powerful now. You know, I'm not going to take gruff from anyone, right? Not even the captain. But at the same time, I like to think of. Um, and and also you you have to think about you know the changes he's gone through and what what he's seen happening and the lies he's been told right but at the same time you like to think of saru as being a very rational character mm-hmm. who is also very devoted to starfleet and and the rules right so uh it it is unusual to see um next time we're going to talk about light and shadows ooh sounds Okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs>